Let's pray. You can go ahead and be seated. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to pray for us right now. And I love our worship team. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. That was awesome. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now we just come to you. And God, we thank you that, that God, we have 10,000 reasons and more, God, to praise you, to thank you. God, you have done so much in our lives. And, and God, we, we could never, we'll never run out of time in eternity praising you for all you are and for all you've done. And so, God, I just pray right now for a glimpse of who you are. Because there are people here today who desperately need to see you. God, I pray for a glimpse of your grace today because there are people here today who desperately need it. God, I pray for your power because there are people here today that really need it. None of us just simply needed to attend a church service today. Life is too hard and there's too much at stake for us to just check it off the list and go home like this is, this is all that was supposed to be. God, what we need is an encounter with you. That's what we need. That's what we want. That's why Jesus came. Jesus invaded the world so that we could have an encounter with you. And so, God, you are willing. You are not holding back right now. So, God, anything that's in us, in me, in this room, that will cause us to miss what you have for us, remove it right now. Remove it right now. And speak to us in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, today, uh, today, is, today is, a little, is a little different. Uh, we got a really good crowd here today. It's great, great to see all of you guys here. I see a lot of new faces here today. And maybe, uh, maybe the reason that you came is because you heard something big was going to go down at Summit today. You heard something big was uh, about to happen. You heard we were about to start this big new series called Impact. And, um, and I just want to share with you um, a little bit. You know, we've, we're, we're still going to start that series. Uh, that series uh, was supposed to happen uh, today. Um, but you know what? First and foremost, as a church, we want to listen to God and do what he says. Amen? And, and honestly, we plan sermon series here at our church a year, in, years, a year in advance, to be perfectly honest. We plan them a year in advance. Um, and so we had Impact already to launch today. And, uh, but God uh, just led us in a different direction. There was a lot of things that happened in our church this week. And a lot of families took some really hard hits this week. And just in conversation with others of you and, and messages that I got this week, you know, I just really felt, and our staff and our leadership team, we just really felt like, you know, we needed to wait on impact. We can, we can wait on it. And we just needed to let God speak to us really specifically today. And so if you came for Impact and you saw the bumper earlier, uh, that's going to begin September 7th. And like I said, listen, guys, September 7th is on. I know I'm like a big hype guy. This is going to be amazing. And like, I, like everything's amazing, you know, and all that stuff. But September 7th is amazing. Okay, it's going to be, it's gonna be the, a defining day, one of the biggest days in our church. Do not miss it. Okay. And then next week is kind of the warm-up for that. Uh, next week is kind of the pregame warm-up, so don't miss next week. But today I just think that God wants to speak something really special and unique uh, just for where we are as a church um, because people are our mission. Amen? People are our mission. And we love you guys, and I love you, and I love being in this with you. And I think that God wants to speak to us uh, very specifically today. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open your Bible, turn it on to John chapter 11. John 
chapter 11. If you have a church background, this is going to be a very familiar story to you. If not, it's really easy to pick up on, so you're fine either way. You picked a great day to come if you're new to the whole church deal. Um, We're going to be in John 11, verse 17. I'm going to read a lot of Bible right now. I'm going to read John 11, 17 all the way down through John 11, verse 44. I want us to see this story. Again, if you have a church background, you might be familiar with this. If you don't have a church background, this might be a brand new story, but this is called the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Doesn't matter if you don't know who Lazarus is, just stay tuned and you'll uh, get all plugged in here. But I want to read this, John chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 17, all the way down to 44. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now... I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went away and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went out to meet him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village. He was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary quick, rise quickly and go out, They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people who are standing around, that they may believe and that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out loud with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the man who had died came out. And his hands and feet with linen strips, with his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. 
So this is the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. And everybody knows, you, a lot of you might know the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus walks up to this tomb. He's been in there four days. He says, Lazarus, come out. He comes out. But see, to get to the resurrection, you've got to have a death. And Lazarus dies. And Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. And it says, we didn't, we didn't see it, really, we didn't read the entire chapter. You need to go back on your own and read this chapter. But here's what you need to know about Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Jesus loved them. Jesus is going into this town, not because he heard that some guy named Lazarus had died. Jesus is going into this town because his friend, Lazarus, had died. See, something I need, I need you to get. You won't, you won't track with this at all today. If you don't get, Jesus was friends with these people. I mean, Jesus served a lot of people and met a lot of people. And they came and went. But Jesus had friends. And Lazarus and Mary and Martha are friends. And Jesus is going to be with his friends. And so they hear that he's coming. And Martha hears that Jesus is coming. And Martha comes up to Jesus in verse 21 and says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. That's bold. I mean, man, it's one thing to question God in prayer. It's another thing when you're questioning God and he's looking you in the eye. Amen? That's, that's, a, that's next level right there. Right? And she says, Jesus, where were you? If you'd have been here, wouldn't be in the mess we're in now, would we? But watch what she says next. Jesus, where were you? If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Watch, next verse, 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, we talked about this in the series that we just wrapped up called Honest, didn't we? How, how in those moments when we're angry at God, when we're not doing well, what we need to do, we need to be honest with God. We need to look at our situation, but then with faith, we need to activate our faith and look at what we believe. We need to look at our situation and then look at who God is. That's exactly what Martha does. Jesus, if you'd have been here, he'd be alive. But I know that whatever you ask from God, God does. Here's my situation, here's who you are. Here's my situation, here's how I feel, here is what I believe. So Jesus and Martha, they start to have this big theological discussion. We're going to dive in. They begin to have a theological discussion. Now you fast forward a little bit, and we read this a minute ago. Jesus, when he talks to the, sister, the other sister, Mary, Mary comes to Jesus, the exact same question. I mean, there's no difference in the question at all. Jesus, if you'd have been here, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. And instead of a theological discussion, Jesus sees Mary weep, and the people with her weep. He begins to weep. See, Martha gets truth, and Mary gets tears. You know, one of the things I struggle with a lot of times, and, and, and maybe you're like me, is when, when I know people, or when, when I have people in my life who are hurting, they're suffering, they're going through something, I struggle a lot of times with finding something to say to them. Anybody else? You know what I mean? Finding the right words to say, try, trying to get some words together that'll make them feel better, that'll just give some hope in the situation. And so what we try to do a lot of times when we're going into a situation of loss, of, of loss and of pain, we feel the pressure that we've got to say something, don't we? 
I've got to say something. I've got to say something that makes them feel better. I've got to say something to try to fix this. Jesus is showing us there's a lot of times when we don't need to say anything at all. See, there's a time for truth, but there's also a time for tears. Isn't that right? Where you don't say anything. Jesus doesn't say anything to Mary when he walks up to her. He just cries with her. And it takes wisdom and the work of God's Spirit in your life to know what, what you need and when. But there are times when you don't need to say anything at all. There's times when the last thing that I need to do, and I'm a preacher. You know what preachers do all the time? They talk. Like, I just never shut up. Ask my family, dude. Oh, man, they're annoyed probably. They probably need counseling. And I just constantly feel the pressure to say something preachery and spiritual that will make the day better. Jesus says sometimes you just need to shut up and be there and cry and just stand there so that they'll know I'm not alone. See, there's a time for tears. There's also a time for truth. And sometimes they go together, sometimes, a lot of times, honestly, they don't. There's a time for truth so that that somebody needs to come to me or we need to go to somebody that's hurting and we need to say to them, God still loves you. God is still with you. God has not abandoned you. There's a time for tears. There's time for truth. There's a lot of people here today, I wonder where you're at. I wonder if you're in one of those places right now where there's pain, and there's loss, and there's confusion. There's a lot of people here today. I've only talked to, I've I've talked to quite a few people this week, not this many. And in a broken world, in a hurting world, I can't imagine what's in this room today. Some of you, maybe you're in that place of pain, of loss, of confusion, or you know somebody that is, and your question is, what do I do for them? What, What do I say What do I do? I think there's two things. I think there's two things that we see Jesus do for Martha and Mary that we can do for those people who are hurting or who are at a loss. Or if you're here today and that's the season that you're in. This is a dark season. This is a hard season. This is a season of loss and pain and confusion and questions. I think there's two things that Jesus wants us to know. And listen to me, if you're here today and you're not in one of those seasons, get ready because it's coming, amen? It's just how a broken world works. It's just how a broken world works. So you need to know two things today. And the first thing, you should write these down. You need to write these down. First thing you need to know is that Jesus is here. Jesus is here. So Martha and Jesus, they begin to have this theological discussion. And Jesus says to Martha in verse 23, your brother will rise again, you know. You know, your brother is going to rise again. And I love Mary's response because it's one of those responses when you're going through a hard time and somebody Bible jacks you. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what a Bible jack is? Somebody unnecessarily feels the need to smack you upside the head with a, with a verse from God. You know? So you, the bottom's just dropped out, and there's always that Christian, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. This is what you look like in my mind if this is you. Right here. It's what you're looking like to me. Oh, it's bad. Oh, we're freaking out. I need to quote a Bible verse. Oh, we can't think of a Bible verse, but it's the person that does this. Oh, it's all going to be okay. God's, under, God's got it under control. 
God's got it under control. Ah! Just feel like I need to do something here. You know what I'm saying? Bible Jack, that's what that's called. Tweet that, it'll spread. Um, I'm trying to lighten it up, it's a heavy day. And so I love them. I love, it's just funny to me that Martha responds to the Son of God as if she just got Bible jacked. Your brother will rise again. I know he'll rise again. Look at what she says in the, ver- in the next verse, verse 24. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I was at Sunday school. There was the felt board and the flannel Jesus was on there. You looked great. It was awesome. And I've been to church and I've heard the stories, blah, blah, blah. I know, Jesus, I know, no, 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 yeah, 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 I know. I know that that's going to happen sometime. The resurrection of the dead. And see, what they're talking about when they talk about the resurrection of the dead is a future day that when Jesus comes back, those who have given their life to Jesus, those who are in Christ, wherever their bodies are, there's going to be a resurrection where their bodies and their souls are going to be reunited. And the Bible says that we'll spend eternity with Jesus in a place called the new heaven and the new earth. It's going to be an awesome day, an amazing day, a day of victory, but it wasn't where Martha was that day. I mean, we're 2,000 years removed from John 11. We're still waiting on that one. So Martha says, Jesus, I know. I've heard the story. My brother is dead now. See, Martha is thinking far off. Martha is thinking impersonal, in the future, not where I am. So Jesus brings it right into the house right into the situation, and he says this to her in verse 25. Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, way to go. You passed Theology 101. But Martha, you are looking for life. You need to know life is staring you in the face today. Resurrection is looking at you in the eye, Martha, right now. Resurrection, life, it's not, some, this, it's not this philosophical idea, this abstract, vague notion. Martha, you want life? Life is a person, and I am here, Jesus says. You, you want resurrection? That's me. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And then Jesus goes so far as to say in verse 26, everyone who believes in me shall never die. Can I just pause for just a second and say, listen to me. Maybe you're here today and you're not a church person. You don't believe in God. And you think that all religions say the same thing. All religions say the same thing. You've heard that before. That's what you believe. All religions say the same thing. Lean in for a second. I need you to understand. There is not a single verse in any other religion, in any other belief system. There is nothing in any other faith in the world that comes close to that verse, verse 26. There isn't a verse in Islam. There isn't anything in Hinduism. There isn't anything in Buddhism. Allah never told anybody, if you, anybody that believes in me will never die. Buddha never said that. There is nothing like this verse in any other religion, in any other faith system, in any other time in the world. No other faith system has its founder looking at a woman whose brother has just died in the face, and he says to her, whoever believes in me will live forever. And then he follows it up with this question. Watch this question. Do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? 
Martha, have you embraced this idea? Martha, have you embraced me? Have you cashed it all in so that you've got a personal belief that I am your life, that I am Lazarus's life, that I am the resurrection, and that one day, Martha, yeah, listen, in the future, there's going to be a reunion. Actually, Martha, in this case, there's going to be a reunion in 10 minutes. It's going to freak everybody out. It's going to be amazing. But Martha, I am life. I am resurrection. Do you believe it? Have you made it personal? Because Martha, I am here right now. That's what Jesus is saying to her. Summit, I believe with everything in me that Jesus is right here in this room right now. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is here with us and his presence with us in the forum this morning is just as real as that seat you're in. Just as real as the person who's sitting next to you. Just as real as the building that you're in. The presence of Jesus is in this place today. And so he is not far off from your pain. He is not far off from your hurt. And I don't know how confusing your life is right now. How the hurt is for you right now. But I want, to, I want you to know because he is here. And not simply in this building, but he is here with you in your situation because he is here you can talk to him and and when you talk to him he hears you and he can talk to you he can speak to you by his holy spirit he can speak to you by the word of god he is here and he wants to give you peace that passes all understanding in the midst of the pain there is peace and peace is a person his name is jesus In the midst of the confusion, he wants to give you comfort. In the midst of the questions, he wants to give you his calm. He is here today. And when you leave in just a moment, he'll be with you in the car, in that moment of loss, or in the best moment of your life. He is here. Now, somebody's listening to me, and you're thinking this. Well, hey, you know what? You know what? Martha could see Jesus. She's got an advantage over me. I can't see Jesus. You're right. Point taken. Point eight. See, that's why this whole thing requires faith. Amen? That's why this whole thing is about faith. We said this in our series, Honest, that faith is like a muscle. And the more you activate it, the more you flex it or work it out, the stronger your faith becomes. But the reason so many people's faith is weak is because their situation always overwhelms their faith. All they look at is their situation. They never take time to look at who God is or what they believe about God. And as long as my situation constantly takes out my faith, church, my faith is going to be weak. But see, the message of grace is that even when my situation takes out my faith, even when I feel like I am drowning and I lose sight of God, he never loses sight of me. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Because listen, listen, Jesus tells Peter, get out of the boat and walk on water. And Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on water. He sees Jesus. Then he takes his eyes off Jesus. He looks around at his circumstance. He begins to sink. If Peter sank, so will we. If there are times in Peter's life where his situation was bigger than his faith and he was looking at Jesus, there's going to be times in my life when my situation looks bigger than Jesus. There's going to be times in my life where it looks like my faith is just drowning. But I want you to know that when that happens to you, there is grace. And when we forget about him or we lose sight of him, he never loses sight of you. 
So if you're here today and you just feel like you're drowning, I want you to know that he is with you. I just need to be honest today and just ask you a question. I don't know how you navigate life without, a real pre- without the real presence of Jesus in your life. I don't know how you handle it. I, I don't know how you handle life and go through life without a real, honest, actual, growing relationship with Jesus. You say, oh, listen, Jesus is for weak people. Christianity is for weak people. Faith is for weak people. You're right, it's for weak people. I'm a weak person, man, and what I need, I need something bigger than me that's outside of me that can sustain me when my world is falling apart. Money can't do that. Sex can't do that. Job can't do that. Status can't do that. Looks can't do that. Jesus and Jesus alone does that. And so, listen, listen, listen. You might be here, I don't care how strong you are today, there will be moments when life will break you down and you need an anchor. Jesus is that anchor. And listen, if you're here today and you're listening to this, you're thinking, man, I'm, I think I'm a Christian, but I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus that sounds like that. I don't know if I've ever experienced God like that, Mark. I don't, know, I don't think I'm saved today. I want you to know in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus exactly like the one I'm describing right now where his presence can be one of the biggest realities in your life, and you can walk with him, and he'll walk with you in the darkest moments of your life. You can have him in your life today, and once you have him in your life, he says to you, I am here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. We say that out loud, and say say it out loud and declare it today that he's right here. Let's all say it out loud. Jesus is here. He's here. And you need to know that today. But the second thing that we need to see is that Jesus will fix it. Jesus is here, and Jesus will fix it. I think one of the the strongest verses in the Bible is the shortest verse in the Bible. I'm convinced that one of the biggest passages, biggest verses in the Bible is the shortest verse in the Bible. And the shortest verse in the Bible is John chapter 11, verse 35. Don't blink or you'll miss it. Here it is. Jesus what? Wept. That's it. That's all she wrote. Jesus wept. My question is why? Why is he crying? Seriously. Why is Jesus weeping? Jesus knows what he's about to do. He's about to bring Lazarus back to life. Why is he weeping? Because he's sad. That's halfway right. That's part of it, but it's not most of it. See, this is one of those rare occasions when the English translation of the Bible has a hard time grabbing and getting hold and expressing what's really happening here. Because our Bible just says Jesus wept, and we read that and we think, oh, Jesus is sad. It's because his friend has died. Jesus is sad, but that's not really why he's weeping. Jesus is angry. Jesus is furious. Jesus is ticked off. In fact, literally, when the Bible says it, says it twice in verse 33 and then in verse 38, it says that Jesus was deeply moved. Literally what it says in the Greek, it says that Jesus was indignant. He is furious. He is angry. At who? 
Who is in this scenario that Jesus could be mad at? Jesus is angry at death. Jesus is angry at sin. Jesus is angry at the brokenness that's come into the world that's hit his friends, that's hit our lives, that's taken a hit on the glory of God. Jesus is furious that death has touched his friend. Because as Jesus stands at the tomb of Lazarus, what Jesus knows is that it was never supposed to be this way. You read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, what you see is that there's no pain there. There's no death there. There's no depression there. There's no anxiety. There's no stress. There's no loss or confusion. It's a perfect place with perfect people and a perfect God in a perfect relationship. And that's what God wanted for all of us. But when sin and brokenness came into the world, it messed all of it up. So that we have never experienced anything the way that it was supposed to be. And Jesus looks at, his to- at the tomb of his friend. He is furious. Because he knows it wasn't supposed to be this way. His friend was never supposed to be in a tomb. Martha and Mary and all these people, they were never supposed to hurt this way. There was never supposed to be this much pain in the world. It was never supposed to be that there were terrorist groups in the Middle East who are trying to annihilate Christians right now. It was never supposed to be that you and I lose loved ones. We were never supposed to experience what it's like to plan a funeral. We were never supposed to experience what it's like to receive a diagnosis or loved ones to receive a diagnosis that takes the breath out of our lungs. We were never supposed to know depression. We were never supposed to know stress. We were never supposed to know pain, loss, confusion. Jesus sees it, sees how it affects God's glory, sees how it affects you and me, knows that it'll cost him his life. And he's so angry, he's so furious, he so hates what we have to go through that he says, I'm going to pull back the curtain and I'm going to let these people see what I can do. I'm going to pull back the curtain and I'm going to show these people and people for ages until I come that I am a fixer and that I can step on the scene and I can set every wrong right. And so Jesus looks at Lazarus' tomb and he says, pull back the stone. And they're like us, man. They're just like us. They, would, they said what I'd say. Said what you'd say. Jesus, Lazarus has been in there four days. That's not, gonna, that's not pretty, Jesus. No, it's not. The, Je, pull it back. Pull back the stone. And Jesus stares at death and uncertainty and loss and pain. And Jesus, it says, declares in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And all of a sudden, a dead man is walking. And people have to have been freaking out. Could you imagine? Right? Losing their minds. And what that shows is that Jesus can fix it. I don't know what your hurt is today. I don't know what the loss is in your life today. I don't know what the confusion is in your life today. But I want you to know he is here right now. And he weeps with you, and he will fix it. 
In fact, he guarantees us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, this verse, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And there will be no mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have what? You say it. Passed away. They died. Death is dying. Did you know that? Death is on borrowed time. Pain is about to check out because Jesus Christ has stepped out of heaven and into our lives and says, I will fix this. I will fix it. And see, what we try to do is we try to come into church and act like we've got it all together. And act like we've got it all together and that we're all good and nobody, nobody needs anybody else. Nobody has any pain. Nobody has any loss. So here's what happened in a lot of cars this morning when you walked into the building. You looked at the wife or the husband and the kids and you went like this. <gasps> Suck it up. Suck it up, Russ. Come on. Come on. One hour. That's all we need to do. Don't tell anybody about the fight we had in the car for one hour. Come on. <gasps> Don't let it out. Suck it up. Suck it up. You're letting that show. Suck it up. Suck it up. Don't you tell it. Listen, kids, 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 I know you think we're morons, but don't act like that for one hour. Don't act one hour. Give us one hour of respect, okay? Then you can drive home. I know you're three, but you can drive home. Suck it up. See, the reality is that Jesus exposed every one of us when he died for every one of us on the cross. Jesus showed you that I am a work in progress when he died for me on the cross. I am not here today because I have it all together. By his grace, I'm a, I'm a broken person, but by his grace, he's putting me back together, back together. And so we don't need to suck it up and fake it and put on a mask. Oh, I'm good, man. I don't have any needs. I don't have any pain in my life. The cross of Jesus gives us the freedom to exhale and to say, I need help. I need some help. I need some help. And if there is any place that you can be free, it is right here in God's church. It is right here among the people of God. Because you have not come to a place today with a group of people that are perfect and have it all together. You have come today with a group of people who are broken but have met Jesus Christ and by His grace, He is changing them. So what the cross tells me and what the cross says to all of us is that I've got some stuff in my life and you've got some stuff in your life and you've got some hurt in your life and you've got some pain and you've got some confusion in your life and I just want to give us the freedom today to exhale Say, God, I need help. I need help. And so right here, right now, right here, right now at this time, if you're here today, and this is the time of response, if you are here today and you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I've got some stuff I need help with. I've got some things going on right now. I'm really hurting. I'm really confused. I'm really broken. I don't know what's next. If you've got some stuff in your life 
you don't need to tell anybody your story today. God knows your story. You might not, you don't even need to tell anybody your name. God knows your name. But you are in a safe place to experience freedom and mercy today. And so if you are here, and this is the time of response, if you are here and you say, man, I've got some stuff in my life and I need some help. I need some help. And I would really love somebody to pray for me. I need, I need to be prayed for. You don't, need to, you, you can, you don't need to share your story. You don't need to share, share your name or anything like that. You don't need to share the details. God knows the details. But if you are here today and you are in that seat, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are, and you are hearing this and you're saying, man, I need help and I need somebody to pray for me. Stand up right now. Right there where you're at. Go ahead and stand. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Don't look around. Some people are standing. Some of you are looking around at what will other people think of me. That is the very thing that will always hold you back. Stand up right now. That is the very thing that will hold you back. You know what? I need somebody to pray for me. Stand up right now if that's you. If that is you. Loss, stand up. Confusion, stand up. Hurt, you don't know what to do. Stand up. Stand up right now. Now, here's what I want everybody that's not standing up to do. I want you to look around, and I don't want anybody standing up by themselves. I want people who are not standing up right now, I want you to go to somebody in this auditorium, stand next to them, lay your hand on their shoulder, and I want you to begin to pray for them. Go right now. If you're not standing, look around and go to somebody. Nobody is standing by themselves. If you see somebody on the opposite side of the auditorium, you know what's going on. You're their friend. You make the long walk because they're worth it. You go right now. You don't have to stay in your seat. You don't have to stay in your row. This is church. This is what the church does. Go to somebody right now and just lay your hand on them and begin to pray for them right now. Pray for them right now. Let's get as many people praying for people standing up as we possibly can. You pray for them. Pray for strength. Pray they would know God's presence with them. Pray they would have faith that Jesus is going to fix this. Pray for protection from the devil. Pray for freedom from discouragement. Pray that God will give them the strength to press on. Go to them and pray. Because if you maybe, maybe you do, people are coming up here. You want to come up here on this altar and pray? We'll make this an altar today. You come up here and you get along with God right here today. Doesn't matter. If you need to get together with a group of people that you're sitting with, you get together with a group of people. We are the church. This is God's people. And this is what we do. Just continue to lift each other up. Pray for each other. Let's all sing. Let's all pray. Nobody moving around. Nobody, nobody moving, trying to get everything together. I still think God has has work to do here today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now, right now, in the sound of every voice here, as we have prayed today, we seek you, God. There might be people here today, and they do not have you as a real presence in their life. They don't have a relationship with you. You're with them, and you want to break in. You want to get into their life. But God, they've got to seize this opportunity right now. They need to surrender their life ask you to forgive them for their sin and to begin a relationship with you right now. They need to make that decision. God, if there is anybody in this room today, you are knocking on the door of their heart and you want to come in and start that relationship, I pray they would not push you off with excuses. 
I pray that today they would receive you for the first time. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Maybe you're here today right now, and just as we were describing earlier, you don't have a real, genuine relationship with Jesus the way that we described. Yeah, you go to church. Yes, you believe that there's a God in heaven. But you don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today, and God is working in your heart, and you're standing there, and you know that today, today's the day when you want Jesus Christ to enter into your life to save you, start a relationship with Him. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. So right now, right now, right now, today, if you are here and you are not a Christian and you want Jesus Christ in your life, I'm going to pray a prayer. These are not magic words, but this is a prayer that God can use so that you can enter into a relationship with Him and everything could change for you right now. So if you want to be saved today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to follow Him, say, that's what I want to do. Pray this prayer with me silently. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in me. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me. Help me to follow you from this moment forward. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer, listen, I'm telling you, you just made the biggest decision of your life, and I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, nobody's looking around. Shoot your hand high up in the air just so that I can celebrate with you. We've got something we want to give you today. We want to help you in this new relationship that you've just started with Jesus. If you're here today and you just gave your life to Jesus, as soon as I say three, raise your hand into the air. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Right now in this moment, raise your hand. Right now in this moment, raise your hand. And if you are raising your hand today, if you are making that decision, I want you to look at me in the eye right now. Just raise your head up and look at me right now. Listen, you just made the biggest decision of your life. And Jesus wants you to tell somebody. He doesn't want you to keep it private. He wants you to make it known. And on the back of your connection card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box. And on your way out, we've got a free Bible for you and another book called Seek First. We want to give that to you. Just walk back there, grab it on your way out. You can drop that card in the baskets that'll be on your way out. You can give it to somebody back there at that table. Don't you leave today without letting someone know the decision. Dear Jesus, thank you that you are full of grace and that our pain and our hurt and our messiness does not intimidate you at all. In fact, it draws you to us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you that as we leave, you're going with us. God, for the person who's here today, they made the decision to give their life to you. I pray they tell somebody. If they need to make that decision, God, I pray that you would continue to work in their life until they do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Summit, let's give God a, a round of praise, thanking him with faith for what he's done today. This has been awesome. And, and listen, if you're a first-time guest today, make sure, make sure, give us those cards back. we got a free gift for you. Turn those in out there in the lobby to your right. Hey, check out the life group table also out there in the lobby. And middle school and high school students, storm starts tonight. 
at 6. Guys, I love you. You're dismissed. See you next Sunday. Thanks for coming.